It is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And as you would expect, boy, Q Myers, I mean, uh, your boy Q, as you knew him in Central Texas, 12 to 3, unnecessary roughness. He's taking that show out to Vegas. And Q, I loved it this morning. You and I were talking about trying to figure out how to do a show this afternoon. Tornadoes were in the area, knocked me my power <laughs> off last night, struggling a little bit. But I was so glad we could get together uh, this morning. One of the things I always loved about you, you love going on the road. And when you go on yes. the road, man, you don't you don't miss a beat. Like I, the, three hours ago, you had like some kind of uh, four hours ago, you were already in the convention hall at the combine <laughs> setting up like here's where the quarterbacks and receivers are going to be. You're not like me. I kind of like to start my day, ease into things. But it's great to great to have you on from the NFL Combine in Indy. Yeah, man, it's great to be on. And you know how I am, man. I got to go all 100%. Goes all all speed. You know, go as fast as possible all the time, my man. So uh, you know how I am too. Once uh, once the workday is over. Uh, the workday continues outside of the convention center. So uh, out here in India, it's a lot of opportunity to network. So I was networking until about 3 in the morning, and then I got back to the convention center about 6 in the morning. So, yeah, you know how it goes, man. You know how it is when I'm on the road, and uh, it's, it's the grind that we love, man. So this is where I'm at, and this has been fun so far. You know, I've been there, um, and I, I would say it catches up with you at some point, uh, it, and, but it doesn't really seem to do it with you. Somehow, you just power through. And as I recall, you're not like, you know, I've had those late nights, and you're right, you're, you're talking to head coaches, GMs. It's an incredible opportunity to be around. Uh, I saw you had the assistant G, uh, GM from the Raiders on the other day. I mean, there's just some really great opportunities uh, for all that, but now I'm powered by lots of coffee uh, in really all parts <laughs> of the day. Are you more of a? I'm trying to remember. Are you more of like a Mountain Dew or energy drink guy? What do you What do you kind of go? What's your go to to keep you going? Oh yeah, I'm definitely an energy drink guy. I'm a, a Red Bull in the morning and a Rockstar in the afternoon. Yeah, that's, that's the combination right there. You got to have the one-two punch. Got to have the, the smaller Red Bull in the morning, and then you follow it up with the Rockstar later in the afternoon to keep everything going and get you through the rest of the evening. <laughs> now, Q, Q, don't do what uh, Matthew Meyer did recently. I don't know if you saw that story. I saw the that. Baylor star. I saw that. Yeah. He. He. What did you like? Uh. O. O. D. Almost or her? Uh, have a have uh, got sick because of too many energy drinks? Is that what he said? Yeah, it was a uh, it was caffeine poisoning, and there you uh, go. Yep. so I don't want you to I don't want you to go too far on that. Uh, boy, I love by the way the the pin tweet you have. Uh, I was looking at your Twitter earlier today, and having you and your son, uh, and that was from oh last July at the uh, NBA Summer League. What a cool deal it is to have him up there looking like your co-host. I don't know if you had him on the show that day or not, but uh, he was a, uh, he's been a tremendous basketball player, so it's kind of been fun uh, watching his career. Now, Q, um, busy day at the podium. Um, Bryce Young today, that's kind of the headlines I've noticed from ESPN. And by the way, Q also does work on ESPN Radio. And so uh, Q driving home from our familiar place at AT&T Stadium one night this fall, I'm like, man, there's Q. 
and you had a great <laughs> wrap-up show, and so I had to reach out to you. Uh, I was try, uh, and that was uh, I was just so excited to hear you on there, and that was uh, that's 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 a pretty cool thing. Now, what about though, uh, Bryce Young? The the questions are always going to be on these quarterbacks. Okay, what are the measurements? He's listed. I think he said he's six foot tall, right? He right, thinks he's yeah. in the two hundred pound range. Had an AC joint issue last year at Alabama. Also, obviously, huge production, great leader. Um, but, you know, I, I, I got to say, Q, Russell Wilson and Drew Brees and others, uh, Kyler to a certain extent, made it fashionable to be a smaller quarterback. But it does seem like the pendulum shifted back to teams being going back to being a little more fearful of the shorter quarterback. Are you sensing that? Yeah, a little bit. I think that there there's a little bit of that uh, concern for the size, and he was peppered with a lot of questions about the size and the weight, and it was so funny when he responded to one of them. He said, look, respectfully, I've been this size my whole life, <laughs> right? So, I mean, I can't can't change who I am. You know, he said, I know my skill set. I know what I bring to the table. Uh, he said he was 200 pounds. We'll see when he actually officially gets weighed and, and measured, like you mentioned. He didn't look 200 pounds to me, but I did see him at Tony's Steakhouse a couple nights ago, so maybe he was putting on a couple of extra pounds, uh, drinking a little bit extra water, eating a, eating a pretty big steak out there, a little bone-in ribeye action. Who knows? But, uh, you know, I mean, the guy is who he is. He's a phenomenal football player. We all know that. He's a really good leader. And I'll tell you, listening to him at the podium, I really got young Russell Wilson vibes from him. He sounded like he had that kind of that leadership. It almost sounded like he had been talking to Russell Wilson almost on how to control a podium setting, right? I mean, it just he really, really, that, that was my takeaway when I walked away from the podium was, I think I just listened to Russell Wilson before before Sierra, before Seattle, before uh, Denver, and all that. It just seemed like, a, you know, coming out of college, Russell Wilson. Yeah, it, we do want it to be the pre-Denver Russell Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, big time. Pre-Sierra. <laughs> Pre-Sierra, that's right, man. I remember them announcing uh, – they did some kind of a, on his contract. You remember they did a little video from their bedroom right there in yeah. bed. Russell yeah, and that Sierra. was a little uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, and uh, Q, your boy Q, uh, you remember him for years here at ESPN Central Texas, now with Raider Nation Radio. And I love it, Q, because, y'all, man, it's it's FM, AM. You're, you're all over the place. You still do your Locked On podcast and then also ESPN uh, radio. So you've got a lot of things covered. You've got to, I guess, be in charge of the format of the station. People report to you, and then you have the 2 to 5. Uh, what is that out there in Vegas? I guess that's specific time. Um, yeah, 2 to 5. 2 to 5. So that's, uh, what, 4 to four to 7? Uh, yeah. Four to seven, your time. Yep, there you go. That, re- that really messes things up with having you on as a guest, okay? So I'm going to need you to cons- reconsider these hours. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let's let's look at that. But uh, And you were on with uh, Ward and Ryan recently, so that was yeah. uh, that was fun to get you back on the station. People are always asking, what's Q up to? What's Q up to? I told somebody the other day, listen on the weekends, you may hear him on ESPN uh, Radio. And uh, now this story out there, you've been documenting uh, a lot of Raiders, obviously. And so I, I kind of wanted to bring up the Derek Carr because you've watched his career very, very closely. Uh, reports out there now, I think ESPN had it that 
Uh, New Orleans was, quote, ready to sign ex-Raiders quarterback Derek Carr, other people sort of visiting with his people out there. Where do you where do you think is the most likely landing spot? And what did you did you almost have a cackle when you heard the one report that the who was it? The Jets or somebody was saying that they thought they could, you know, once he played for them, they, they saw him as like a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, I, I just oh. <laughs> did, did that did that uh, cause you uh, uh, some amusement? Oh, yeah. No, that was that was pretty funny. And that is so funny, you know, from being there in Central Texas and covering all the all, all the, you know, college recruiting. That's what it sounded like to me. It sounded like a great college recruitment pitch, right? Like trying to trying to showcase uh, who he was and, hey, this is where your family will come and watch you play. And it just that's what that sounded like. I mean, that was hilarious. Like, we all know that the guy is not a, a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's a good quarterback, but he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. There's no doubt about that. He's just He's just, uh, and I don't want to say just another guy. I don't want to sound disrespectful like that. But, I mean, the guy stabilized the position for the Raiders for nine years, uh, you know, and I think it was a healthy time for him to break up with the team, and I think it was a healthy time for the team to break up with him. And so they're moving on. He's moving on. And as far as destinations go, I think Carolina makes sense. I think the Saints make sense. I don't think that the Jets make a whole lot of sense because he doesn't do well in the cold. And that's an element, right? I think that that's uh, something that has to be a factor. But I've heard people say, well, you can get used to that. It's not a big deal. He just has to get accustomed to it. I do think it's a big deal. I don't think that he's a very good quarterback in the the cold. And the last game that we saw him play as a Raider was in Pittsburgh on Christmas Eve. And he did not have a very good game. And he eventually got benched right after that game. So uh, if I was the Jets, I would say uh, buyer beware. But Hey, you know, they they got to do what they got to do. Like I said, I don't have anything against them. I think he did a good job for what he was what what he, what he was thrown into and it definitely was not a good situation. I mean, he he did the best he could with what he had to work with. It, was, it wasn't always great, but you know, it is what it is and they're moving on, he's moving on and we'll see what happens and now the Raiders are wondering who their who their next signal caller is going to be. That's the big question moving forward. Yeah, and and that will be interesting. These quarterbacks that we're hearing from today in the wide receivers, I think uh, we're going to hear from Quentin, the man from uh, Temple, Texas, who you're very familiar with from TCU. I know he was on the slate this morning. Yep. And, uh, and and then just the various uh, – we, we, what are you – there's always one of these quarterbacks that just sort of grabs our attention. And is it Bryce? Who's the – Who's the quarterback in this year's draft that you feel like there's the most volatility in terms of, boy, he a boom or bust type guy? Even kind of like Josh Allen, if you'll recall. You know, he we yeah. didn't know he had accuracy problems, and then obviously he's done great at the NFL level. Who's the who's the quarterback that you're you're you've been most excited to hear from this week? Well, you know, it's funny because there's like four different styles of quarterbacks and I think Bryce and CJ are probably the two that people are most comfortable with and I think the mm-hmm. the biggest question marks are going to be Will Levitt and Anthony Richardson and I'll tell you this standing next to the podium with Anthony Richardson talk to us dude is a monster I mean he is uh, uh, just a big specimen of a dude and uh, you know he said that his his player he, he always uh, admired and kind of modeled, modeled his game after was Cam Newton and it makes sense because they're pretty much the same size he's uh, very athletic like Cam Newton. Uh, he just doesn't have very much experience, like, what, 13 career games? I mean, he just he, he has so many question marks. So his ceiling is probably the highest of anyone here. But it's also, is he going to reach that? Is a team going to be able to develop him? Because remember, whatever team he goes to is probably going to be a bad team. 
So that means that they have to figure out how to develop this guy. And if they can't develop him, then he's going to most likely look like a bust. So I, I have so many question marks about Anthony Richardson and Will Levitt. And Levitt's had a bad year last year for multiple reasons. He was injured. He lost his offensive coordinator. didn't have as many playmakers. But he also made a lot of bad decisions, you know, against Vanderbilt. Uh, made bad decisions turning the ball over. There was just, just like I said, there were so many questions that I don't know if we can answer until – they get with these teams and they start to develop and you start to see how they grow as, as players. But uh, those are the two guys that have the, the, the highest ceilings in my opinion. But uh, right now, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, they've, they've stolen the, they've stolen the show so far this morning, as far as the, as far as the quarterbacks go. All right. And I, I always need to ask it uh, talking to Q from, uh, from the combine, the NFL combine, Jerry generally goes later in the week. Uh, obviously, the Baylor, uh, the uh, the Cowboys, uh, Baylor. I wish Baylor did have a luxury bus <laughs> like the Cowboys. You could just follow around. But um, the Cowboys luxury bus usually shows up, makes its way around town. Now, Mike McCarthy was only in town for a few hours. He visited with some of the local uh, reporters, and I think he might have talked, you know, at the podium briefly and then he made his way out of town what's the what's the cowboys scuttlebutt that you're hearing as you make your way around at night because even as dialed into the raiders as you are and now boy you're completely baptized in in uh raiders land because you've moved to vegas but i know you still hear cowboys nuggets what was everybody's reaction to mccarthy saying we need to run the damn football I thought that was right. an interesting. I thought that was an interesting take for a guy, by the way, who's not known in all his years at Green Bay. It's not like they were known for running the football. Right, exactly. But you know, the funniest thing is when he said that, I almost fell out of my chair because I was yelling and screaming on the radio to run the stupid ball when when I was in Central Texas covering the Cowboys with you. I, I kept saying, "Why is?" Kellen Moore and company throwing the ball all over the yard when you have Zeke Elliott, uh, Tony Pollard, you have an offensive line. Like, that is the recipe to win there as far as I'm concerned with the Cowboys and the, and the, the team that they have. But how come Mike McCarthy, the head coach, didn't go down to Kellen Moore and say, hey, dude, <laughs> run the ball, right? I mean, he's the, he's the head coach. Isn't that his job? So I never understood. I just kind of felt like he kicked Kellen Moore on the way out the door, right? Kellen Moore's already gone. He's already got the job with the Chargers. It's like, oh, by the way, uh, we wanted to run the ball instead of throwing it so much. Well, why didn't you do it? It kind of, it kind of blew my mind uh, when he was saying that. I was like, okay. So there's that. I figured maybe he was hanging out with Jerry uh, late and had some Johnny Walker blue before he went in and started talking. I don't know. You know, it just kind of blew my mind because that was a, that was a him, him call. He, he could make that decision. So there's that. But I'll tell you, there's been a lot of conversation when it comes to the Cowboys about a, another wide receiver. Uh, I know a guy like Quentin Johnson, uh, and I did get to talk to him. It was really cool talking to him and going back to our uh, Temple, Temple Wildcat sideline days. Uh, so he, he actually got a really good laugh out of, uh, out of seeing me at the, at the combine. He's standing at the podium. All of a sudden, he, lo- he looks down and he sees me. And so I asked him about the journey from Temple to here. And all of a sudden, instead of, you know, these guys are programmed to, to answer the questions. Oh, your reporter's asking, talk, talk this way. And, you know, they're all kind of wired the same way. And then all of a sudden he sees someone that he's real familiar with and he's comfortable with. So he says, oh, it's been lit, fool. <laughs> 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 so he got, it was almost like we were back in, uh, in Temple again, you know. And so, uh, but he, he was pretty excited. He said, I don't get emotional, but, uh, I mean, man, the, the journey, people get out of Temple and, to be here now and, and have this opportunity and 
you know, so he, he was really cool. And he's met with just about every single team here. I mean, he's going to probably be the first wide receiver off the board. So I'm excited for that. But yeah, the Cowboys conversation has been, you know, wide receiver who can compliment CD slam. Uh, Clayton Toon was a guy that uh, talked about the Cowboys quite a bit, uh, talked about the fact that he was a big Tony Romo guy. He'd love to stay in the state of Texas and, and he's a DFW guy. So he'd like to, uh, you know, get an opportunity with the Cowboys and, and, and learn behind Dak. And so, uh, yeah, there's, there's been a whole lot of conversation coming uh, according to the Cowboys. And then also on top of that, I saw the bus uh, hanging out around St. Elmo's, uh, St. Elmo's last night. So uh, I'm sure he was getting uh, – those guys were getting some nice little shrimp cocktail and, uh, and having themselves a good old time. Yeah, I think for any Quentin Johnston media things, you should uh, wear your old ESPN Central Texas polo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Show, yes. show up and uh that's funny yeah everybody i'm sure looked at you like wait what's how's quentin right. and q what, how do these guys know each other just two q's right. two q's that's right that's right <laughs> y'all could really market that all right last yep. thing for you um and i'll let you get back to it because boy y'all have all sorts of activity there uh in the hall but this jalen carter story I've noticed mm. on your programming, you've been talking about it a lot. Now it's a, it's a, uh, we, you know, what we, a lot of us know, of course, what happened with that tragic accident. We didn't really know the extent, obviously, until this week of maybe Jalen Carter's what his involvement was in that. He was charged. He went home on these misdemeanors, uh, turned himself in, came back to the combine. What is the What's the overall buzz about that? I'm, I'm starting to kind of feel like as long as these things don't cause some kind of lingering legal issues, that they're just going to view him as a football player like they would have anyway. But we all know that sometimes these character kind of things can stick with a player and can drive his value or him down in the draft. How, are you, how is this thing sort of playing out? Well, it's so funny. It's been like three sides of this story already, right? I mean, when the news broke here at the Combine, it just about stopped everyone in their tracks. Like, whoa, that's going to be, you know, the potential number one overall pick. He can't can't be the number one overall pick anymore. He might not even be a first-round pick. Hey, he might drop out of the draft. Like, it went so far left to the point where it could have been a terrible situation and this, that, and the other. But then he, like you said, he returns home. He gets, you know, he, he goes to jail. He gets bailed out. He returns, which I thought was huge, was the fact that he returned and, you know, basically faced the music when he could have said, hey, I'm going to uh, sit this one out, get my head right. Uh, I'll see you at my pro day, this, that, and the other. But he did return. He was on the field uh, cheering on his teammates while they were going through drills. He didn't do any drills, but still he was out there and he didn't have to do that. And on top of that, I'm sure there's teams that are talking to him like, hey, so what was going on? Because there's been different stories here. So, I mean, I think that that was a good step. And, and the other big thing in this story is, you know, as you mentioned, as long as there's nothing else that comes out big that's legal that ends up being a felony or something, because these are just misdemeanors right now, I think it's going to be fine. It's early March. The draft isn't until late April, right? So he has plenty of time to clean it up, figure out what happened, explain to these teams what happened, and then just go from there. It's not like this is a Laramie Tunzel situation where we're all of a sudden seeing it uh, unfold the night of the draft. Uh, and that was obviously a very minor situation. But, you know, if this had been a couple days or the day of the draft, then he probably would have fallen out of the draft because there's so many questions. But they've got almost two full months to figure this out. And these mm-hmm. teams, he's too good of a football player, man. He's, he's, 
I, I would be shocked if he drops out of the top five. I mean, I really would. He's just that stinking good. He's a disruptor. I don't think the Raiders could take him if he drops at seven just because of what happened already with Henry Ruggs in that situation, street racing and tragically killing a, a young lady and her dog. And so I, I don't think that that is good for them. But the other teams in the league, I think, are fine. All right. Well, Q, do the TCU players get freaked out when they see the Georgia players walking around the combine? <laughs> <laughs> Probably a little bit. Quentin was talking about that a little bit, too. He was talking about that. He said, hey, we just got whooped. We just got whooped that day. <laughs> so, oh, man. You know. But they were yeah. there. They were there, and I didn't think I'd ever see it. And I had no problem even telling them that. I never thought I would see it, but we saw it. So there was that. <laughs> well, I tell you, for a man who stayed out doing uh, – very uh, strong research and networking till 3 a.m. <laughs> you sounded you sounded very strong. You sound it's the familiar Q voice that we all know and love. So I appreciate you doing this. Have a great rest of the combine. And please, if you if you get any time with Jerry, please ping me because we'll have to we'll, we'll we'll jump you right back on at the uh, first of next week. There you go. We'll we'll make it happen, man. Anything you guys need, you know I got you. All you got to do is hit me up. I got you. I appreciate you. You bet. There he goes, Q Myers from the NFL Combine on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Next, we get into, I'll tell you why, I think actually tomorrow's Baylor game is important. A very important way to end the regular season. That is next.